What is going on everybody and welcome back to Salty Runback, here to be your weekly intake of all things North American Developmental League of Legends. It is the day of the LCS Challengers League Grand Finals. We have one more best of five between Evil Geniuses, Challengers, and Disguise to see who takes home the crown to cap off our summer split. We're here to talk about all of that as well as the NACL qualifier semifinals and finals just to make sure we have all those pieces ready for the promotion tournament happening later this month. Welcome everyone. Everybody to episode number 27 of Salty Runback. I am Grapes. I'm joined alongside Hawk. Hawk, we have a great episode planned, some interviews, as, as well as, you know, breaking down the finals, of course. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it all ends here, but my God, what a way to end it we have. Like, I am, I am beyond excited for this finals. I've heard from the player that we interview later in this episode that the finals are almost sold out, um, which is yeah. amazing. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be great. You know, I know at the beginning of the split, as so often is in esports, it seemed like the sky was falling, and yet we are here, we have made it, and things have been incredible, at least as a viewer, to be able to watch. And uh, you'll have to excuse the overlays for this episode. My subscription to Photoshop ran out the other day, and I've yet to figure out an alternative, but we're getting there. So um, I wasn't able to knock out the background, so we're kind of <laughs> just superimposed over top, but rest assured, we'll figure out something before the next episode. Next week. Next week, we'll all next be Next week, we'll out. be good. Yeah. yeah just, it, I was, this was unexpected, so. We're in this weird situation, so I'm currently away from my PC setup when we've been doing these episodes, and yeah. so when Hawk has the assets ready, I don't have my computer to run Photoshop, and then Hawk, of course, uh, now an old man so now yeah an old man that graduated and didn't doesn't get adobe creative cloud through his college dude that's like it, it was awful too because i got like no warning i got no email no nothing i just logged just boom, on it was actually like that yeah we, we were trying to do this like a week ago i logged on to photoshop and it's like hey like you can't use this anymore and then i did the same with premiere and i'm like well shit so i've not really been able to make much content in the last week but we are <laughs> We're going to figure it out. It's going to be fine. But, yeah, it's a little unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens as uh, hopefully we'll have that figured out shortly. That is crazy, Eslov, that the finals are sold out, given that you know, some of the LCS games aren't sold out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just, almost sold out. I, guess, I, heard, I heard almost sold out. I don't know if they are going to be sold out, but it's close. I mean, I, I guess that's just what happens when you got, like, a big influencer showing up. Got some fans buying some tickets. I'm pretty sure that's what that is. So, yeah. I assume a pretty big home crowd for Disguise. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, though. Before we get into our headlines, just a reminder, we're going to be at the LCS Finals happening in just over a week. Hawk, I'm so excited. Dude, we're going to hopefully film some stuff. We're going to try to reach out to some players. If you're a player or anything like that or a personality in the space that wants to sit down and talk to us, we'll probably try to film an in-person episode at some point. Uh, still have to work out those details, of course. But if you are watching this and are interested, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. And just hit us up if you want to like say hi and get food or something. We'll be we'll be in town and we'll be hanging. So it'll be a great time. I mean, I, dude, I can't yeah. wait. Like the finals in Raleigh were awesome. I I went to my first live league event barely over a year ago, and I've been to so many since then. And live league events slap. So like I'm 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 ready. It's gonna be a great time. And yeah. Yeah. the The funny thing is that you know it said it said that it's in like Newark, New Jersey, and everybody's like, "Oh man, I don't want to go to New Jersey." But you're literally like a twenty minute Everyone's train ride from like the city. heart of New York City, um, and that is around the area where I'm from currently <laughs> in the city. So this is so tangential. Uh, but I was talking to yeah. Rude Dude, who is our our lovely friend from across the pond uh, in, oh, yeah. in Britain, 
and we're gonna see rude we're gonna see rude and i was talking to him and i was saying how i was like oh i'm i'm like staying with grapes in new york and he's like new york wow aren't the finals in new jersey i'm like well (laughs) you see (laughs) they're right next to each other so but i just thought that was really funny he thought it was probably further away but (laughs) yeah american american geography is weird sometimes yeah that makes sense yeah and i was like i was Uh, like rude are you excited to chill in new york city and he's like if i can make it to new york i'm like brother it's like a 20 minute train ride like just take the subway yeah pay pay a couple (laughs) bucks hop hop on hop on the nj transit and you'll be you'll be upset so um enough travel tips let's talk about the actual episode that we've got planned here (laughs) roasting Uh, our european friends (laughs) we're gonna start off actually in the nacl qualifiers uh just before we head into the big event that is happening later today if you are watching this episode upon release the nacl qualifiers had their quarterfinals as well as the round to get into the quarterfinals and that told us a lot about some of the teams that you know are still in and in contention for the promotion tournament but now also we see a lot of teams eliminated, um, you know, or you know, ha- not having the greatest performances so far this tournament. Hawk, with the season winding down in the summer split, who is the most disappointing team in the qualifiers for you? I look, Graves. I don't think it could be anybody other than the one of the top four that got eliminated. It's lit, right? I mean, like, sure, other teams have had disappointing showings, but lit. I just expected so much more from this team, and then they went they went down pretty hard. It was an unimpressive showing in the group stage, an unimpressive early exit, and again, to give them a little bit of credit, you know, they had bot lane shakeups, but even then, like, Rock Boom and Plux should still be a really, really good bot lane, even when they've not been playing together for too long. And Okay, well, hold on. Yeah, sorry. You you can finish your point, but I'm gonna go to bat for a little bit, a little bit here. Uh, that was basically my point. I'm willing to be bad at that, but I I just <laughs> I'm not in, like what happened. Like we were so hype about this team, and okay. you gotta remember too, we didn't think this would be the fourth best team. We thought this team would be like top top two or three at least coming into this. So point, so I agree. However, I still am a little bit hopeful, optimistic about Lit as we head into the promotion tournament uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all. They had, of course, those roster changes that you were discussing. They had Rock uh, Plucks kind of just shoved in there. He apparently does not have a whole lot of time to scrim, uh, but just due to the situation at hand, was kind of forced onto this roster and forced to play. Um, and their AD carry got comp banned uh, as well. So that's not not the yeah. greatest thing. And even though Rock Boom came in, and, and this is a player that we you know were expecting to to do pretty well, uh, you know, still takes some time to as a team to maybe mesh together. And they did play against Winthrop, who made the finals last uh, last qualifier in the quarterfinals, which is a bit of an unlucky draw. There were teams like TA uh, that were also the second seed out of their group, or or uh, but because Winthrop was the second seed and T- and Lit ended up becoming the first seed for some reason, um, they kind of got an unlucky matchup, and that series against Winthrop was actually very close. Rockboom, I think, played very well throughout the series. Messages, I think, uh, really stepped it up for, you know, maybe the first time all qualifier, it seems like, which is a bit surprising. Um, and, yeah, Lit, I think if they were up against a different opponent, they could still maybe be in the semifinals. I'm just going to, you know, leave that out there. Of course, they were Look. the only one of our top four seeds to not make it into the top four. But... There still is hope for them, as we'll talk about a little bit later. I, I don't. So want, I'm I'm holding out for them right now. I don't want this to be like construed as me doom saying them because I'm definitely with you. Like it's not like oh my god, like lit sucks now or anything like that. Just I think 
strictly speaking, like as far as the word disappointing goes, this qualifier was absolutely disappointing for them. They wanted to do better, and now they are technically on the hot seat as well, which is our next question that we can get to in a little bit. So, like, yeah, they're not fucked. Like, if they make promotion, I'm still going to be excited to watch them. I think they're all very good. Just... It definitely was a disappointing qualifier, I think, like, by definition. It was it was not impressive, and I'm hoping that they can continue to level up with more time to play together and such. So, Yeah, and I'm inclined to believe that that, that will happen because yeah. they have looked better the week, the, as the weeks have gone on. It's just they haven't, you know, they just weren't able to beat, they weren't able to beat the number two team in our, in, in some people's eyes, the team that made the finals last split, last qualifier, so... That could still technically like power rank them in the top four. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, a team that I'm maybe on the other hand a little bit more disappointed about um, would be, of course, my my uh, kind of uh, what is it? My you know my 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 what's the word for this? I I I like them a lot, but they're they're kind of like they have a soft spot in my heart, soft spot in my heart for this split. Uh, the yeah, Cheese Chasers roster now, Gentle like, Hearts Gamers, your sweetheart team or something. I don't know. That doesn't. That's yeah, term, some, some, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I can't come up with words right now. But yeah, the the Cheese Chasers <laughs> roster uh, now, Gentle Hearts Gamers, Barrick, Cry, uh, uh, now King Clueless in a scooped and sandwich. I thought that this team had the potential to make top four. We talked about it in our Salt Street bets. I had them over Winthrop actually. Uh, but they unfortunately weren't able to, uh, you know, pull it together. Some of the subs, uh, you know, didn't make a big impact. We learned that Kryra, uh, wasn't available for the second qualifier because he was on vacation, but I thought he was a really solid jungler for them. And if maybe they stuck together, uh, it, they would have taken them over the top, but, um, they did lose pretty handily to Coachify, which is a little bit sad to see. Uh, I definitely am still big fans of Barrack and Scooped, but not as far as I was maybe expecting. I had some big expectations for this team. Maybe a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean, I know. <laughs> see, they weren't they weren't my my uh, super fan team or anything that entire split. So I'm not as disappointed by them. Honestly, I think their results were a bit more expected. But it was definitely a team that like I would have been I would have been excited to see succeed. I do like a lot of the players on the team or all of the players on the team. So, it it is rough to see them go so early, and they definitely, I don't think, lived up to any sort of Cinderella that we might have hoped to see. It was also because they had, like, they were playing Coachify in the quarterfinal. Like, they got a, a decent break, even though they had Mirage Alliance in their group and you know, kind of got smacked around by them. I was ready to push that aside and say, you know, if that's Mirage Alliance, you got a match against Coachify. This team has looked a little shaky in the past. Like, if you can get through them... I'll have the hope. This is finally the roster that we've, you know, fully come together with. But, yeah, they kind of dropped the ball. So that that would be my kind of most disappointing team. The other teams in there, I think, you know, other than Komodo, which I guess is big disappointment, but kind of on a larger scale, and we've talked about them a little bit already. Um, yeah, out of teams that, like, we thought maybe could make big runs, that would be my vote. Yeah. Yeah, Komodo, I, I had a lot of expectations for. They definitely did not live up to them, which – is definitely a tough break, but maybe we should move on just to, for the sake of time yeah. to our second headline. We, we talked a little bit about it. Lit, they are the ones on the hot seat. Should they be worried about their promotion spot? Uh, the way this works is if Team Coachify wins the entire thing, Lit loses their spot in the promotion tournament and Team Coachify takes it. Yep. Uh, kind of just uh, a given, given the fact that Lit only made it to the quarterfinals this time around and the other three teams at the top. 
are all still in yeah. contention. And they're the only um, one that's not locked, for the record. Uh, Winthrop, yep. Team Ambition, and Mirage Alliance are all set in promotion. Yep, and right now, the, basically the situation is if Lit, um, you know, if, sorry, if Coachify win the whole thing, they still won't have more points than Lit, but since the Cinderella rule is intact, uh, they'll be able to make it through. However, and I think this is going to be my answer to this question, Hawk, I don't think that Coachify has a very good chance. I think they have looked much better with these new roster changes. Specifically LJX, you know, coming out and Frost Force coming in. I don't want to harp on that too much as we did talk about it last week. But I definitely think this is a big upgrade for them. Uh, Toasty has been a, a pretty solid piece in the mid lane. Uh, and I do like the, the City Rovex synergy that they got going on in the bottom lane. They're still able to whip out some weird things time, time to time. However, they still have to get through Mirage Alliance and the like, so uh, I'm a little bit worried about them. Even though I do think them against Winthrop will be a very interesting semifinal matchup. Yeah, honestly, as lit, I am a little worried, um, but I'm not sweating, if that makes sense. Like, it's definitely a concern. I think Coachify could definitely beat Winthrop. I think that'd be a good match because I'm definitely on the train that I think Coachify has actually looked a lot better. Um, recently, I'm pretty high on them at this point. I think they deserve their semifinals berth. And so, um, I think they could beat Winthrop and I think they could, they could make finals. I don't think they would win finals, but it is realistic enough, especially you got to remember they would be playing for that right to go to the promotion tournament, which could light a bit of a fire under them, you know, create some, some sort of run. Like, I mean, that, that kind of stuff happens all the time in any sort of sport that, if I'm lit, I'm worried, but like I said, I'm not. I don't think it's going to happen, and I think that they should be fine, but it could happen. Yeah. You, you always got to be a little bit worried if you're the one not in control of right. your destiny, right? Like, lit's already eliminated. They, they're going to be watching and, 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 it's, and look, rooting for Winthrop. It's for sure. one good best of three and one good best of five. That's all you need. Like, it, it could. it's within the realm of, like, they play well on the day. It's not... Yeah. Um, it's and not like they're drastic, drastic underdogs. They're just underdogs, which again, and, and this is... coachify, yeah, go ahead. Miracle roster has kind of been, I think, like inconsistent in a way, or very volatile in their performance. And I think that makes sense given the the players that they have. Uh, I think I know City Witty is definitely a very hot or cold player throughout a season, and yeah. uh, I think we've seen that a little bit with the teams that he's been on in 2023. And you know, Miracle did not look good in the first qualifier, and now suddenly Coachify is looking good here in the second. And if they're riding that wave, maybe they can take it all the way, kind of like how Rock Bottom did, almost, in, uh, the, in the spring split. And I think... A similar point rings true here, Hawk, where even if that momentum's riding high for this team, like it did for Rock Bottom, there still is a titan at the end of the road that they're going to have to try to conquer, and that likely, or could be, Mirage Alliance or Team Ambition. And I feel like that could, I feel like that's probably where their road ends once again, just because of, you know, how much expectations we have on those two teams. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you there. All right. Well, we'll we'll, root, we'll see Coachify. I'm rooting for them personally in the semifinals. So we have a very interesting final. So just have kind of that stake uh, of potentially knocking Lit out. That's always a fun little added nuance to the situation. But talking about the NACL qualifier finals for just a little bit before we move on to the NACL, um, we have 
two of our finalists in Team Ambition and Winthrop still in the tournament, still in the semifinals, and they are on opposite sides of the bracket here, Hawk. Everyone was hoping for the Mirage Alliance Team Ambition rematch, but unfortunately that's not going to happen. What are the chances that we get the Team Ambition versus Winthrop finals once again? Well, d Grapes, we're going to get the Team Ambition versus Mirage Alliance rematch. It's just on Saturday instead of Sunday. But, no, but no, yeah. Um, I, sorry. We, we, we wanted the best of five. No, I know. I think I a know. lot of people I'm wanted just, that best I'm of five. I'm giving you a hard time. Um, what are the chances? Zero. <laughs> not zero. Zero. Not zero. Not zero. Not zero. I would give it like 20%, though. I Just because I think that Winthrop is a slight favorite over Coachify. I don't view them as a strong favorite. And to be honest with you, I still view Mirage Alliance as a strong favorite over Team Ambition. Even though uh, that series has proven to be somewhat competitive between those two teams, I, I think it's only competitive when Mirage Alliance doesn't show up on the day. And, and that's not a slight against Team Ambition. I still just think Mirage is that good. I think Mirage has had a much better tournament so far as well. So what they've showed me since the last time these two teams have played has been convincing. Um, more so than Team Ambition struggles. Which again, Team Ambition had to deal with Porsche going on vacation <laughs> for like two weeks. Um, so they have a little bit of benefit of the doubt there. And I have no doubt that they'll keep things competitive. I just... I think it's like 20%, like I said, because I think there's a realistic shot for Coachify to beat Winthrop, and I think it's an outside chance of Team Ambition beating Mirage Alliance. Yeah, I'm kind of on the opposite uh, boat with you, Hawk. Really? Kind of in the same ocean, in the fact that I think that you're very correct in that this is not a very likely outcome, but I think it's less because of like Mirage Alliance like kind of staying consistent. I think Team Ambition look a lot worse than they did on that playoff run going into the first qualifier. I mean, they, even with Porsche back, this week on Saturday and Sunday, they dropped a game to Teamless Revenge, and they also dropped a game to Teamy Turner. And those are not teams that you're expecting the defending champion to necessarily Teamy Turner fall with to. subs as well, for the record. Yeah, Teamy Turner with Yozu and Cupic, which, to be fair, some of those drafts were incredibly heinous and i know that they were i know that ta might, might have been a little bit tilted over you know from seeing that like sonus rocker or something like that yeah. but um i think overall if you're the defending champs you got to make sure that you come out and, and take care of business and seamless revenge a team that beat ta in the first round sent them to that second seed anyway um they still put up a great fight i thought inori boob uh, really performed well and he's somebody that we're going to have to look for in 2024 as a player that could definitely, you know, make some more moves after what we saw from him this summer. But, yeah, I mean, Porsche came back, and there's still problems in, in this TA team. And I think Mirage Alliance have been very consistent throughout. But even with that consistency, I think it's just going to be TA kind of the, being the ones that make the difference here. And I hope they prove me wrong, because when this team is on firing on all cylinders, like, they look really good. We just haven't seen that on a consistent basis since Porsche has been back. Yeah, definitely. It's just been... I, I don't want to say that their finals win at the end of last split was an overperformance because they definitely deserved it and they really showed up when it mattered most. But I think we've not seen that team ambition since then and it actually makes me a little bit worried for them get going into promotion as well because, like you said, when they are playing well, they are a great team. But I'm worried about like a regression of some sort Again, that's a really strong word. I don't feel that strongly about it, but it's, it's well, they it's a they have to be in. 
they have definitely regressed in performance or, right, or yes. in their looks overall since the qualifier number but one. But like more, I and, guess, uh, you know, it's not. It, uh, I feel like a slump and a regression are different, right? Like it's it's one thing to slump, it's one thing to regress and actually just be like worse than you are. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, and, and to be fair, it is. It was the first week that they're playing with Porsche again, right? So they they had some time away, and I, I'm not sure how much. Porsche was actually playing the game while he was on his break. I right. assume not too much. And so maybe that plays a role. And after a week of scrims, Tia kind of looked back to normal and put up a very competitive series against Mirage Alliance. However, I don't necessarily think that um, that's going to all come together, especially against Mirage, who, again, have looked really good. So I, yeah, I, I'm not sure about how Winthrop versus Coach Fight is going to end up. I think it's pretty 50-50. But yeah, the chances of this matchup happening again, it's not one of the most likely outcomes. I'll just say that. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Uh, once again. All right, let's let's move on to the NACL, where we'll spend the rest of our episode here. Uh, we have the finals, of course. One last series of the regular of of the of summer season before we head into promotion, of course, in a couple of weeks. Uh, between Evil Geniuses Challengers and Disguised Hawk, there are ten players on the rift making their way onto the Riot Games Arena today. Who's the biggest X factor and why? Man, I mean, it's it's such a hard question. And the reason why I didn't specifically write the question down here is I, uh, for, for the viewers at home um, that are watching on YouTube is we're going to kind of use this as like not just to answer a single question, but to talk about the finals in general and to preview the finals a little bit. Um, because Grapes, I'm actually going to answer this question a slightly different way because I think there's a lot of X factors on both these teams and that's actually what's made them so deadly. Um, but I think what it, this series is really going to come down to, and Surdy actually talks about this in the interview that we have for the viewers coming up in just a little bit. I've already recorded the interview at this point. Um, uh, Surdy talks about this a little bit where he basically set it up that evil geniuses is going to be the early mid game team. Disguise is going to be the late game team. He thinks it's a bad stylistic matchup for Disguised. I'm actually inclined to agree somewhat after uh, watching back some more of the playoff games over the last week. Um, because DSG, their biggest problem throughout the season has been uh, not falling behind and then just losing. <laughs> uh, because they're great players, but they, as a team, struggle in that stage of the game. And I think the biggest part of this is going to be the mid-matchup between Ryoma and Young. There's a lot of X-Factors on both these teams. Like, every single... All these teams can carry through every role, and that's something that makes each of them so deadly, and I think that's a big reason why they've both gotten to finals, is is that versatility in their uh, carry potential. But when you're looking at one team need, needing to not get bowled over, I think this mid-matchup is going to be huge, especially when you look at the other storylines between these teams, like... Uh, the experience of Evil Geniuses challengers with four former LCS players against uh, a disguised team that has like this core of Cloud Nine with two like young prospects. Um, I think this is really going to culminate all these storylines in this mid matchup because you've got Ryoma who's been around the block in Tier One slash Tier Two a little bit. He's a very proficient player. He's been on Evil Geniuses uh, the entire year. Um, not been you know a part of the roster swaps. The only him and Smoothie are the ones that like haven't gotten subbed out at some point. Uh, and then you've also got Young, who came onto the scene this year as a very unproven talent, had a great year in Tier 3, and has been brilliant now in Tier 2, and is going to be standing down the barrel of a smoking gun, I think, this series, in general. Because 
both these teams also love, love, love to play through side lanes, especially EG. They like to play through through King 30. And so can Young make up enough of the difference in mid lane? I think that's going to be like a huge question. So I know I just said a lot of words, but I think I'm really got my eyes drawn to mid here. I think uh, that is actually a very interesting perspective that I guess we're you're talking about with like the stylistic differences here with because evil geniuses definitely do play early. They like to play winning lanes and you know pushing out and, and going aggressive, uh, especially now that Surti is inserted into the roster. Um, and for for disguise, yeah, they're they're going to be playing for those team fights. I think looking top to bottom, bot I think the bot lanes going to be a, a little bit of a wash. No offense to any of the players there, but they're you know King and Meech, both terrific team fighters. They're going to you know do their job, farm up, and and then you know take over the game if they are given the opportunity to. Uh, the mid lane, I think you highlighted pretty well. I want to talk about the top lane here just a it's little also bit. Be a and great maybe, yeah. And maybe you and and Surti get into this during the interview. I haven't gotten the chance to listen to it back yet, but. Sturdy versus Fake God, I think, could be an argument for like the two most valuable top laners that we had in the league. Definitely, uh, they're, they're in the, the, best. the finals yeah. right now. Um, they're the best. You can make arguments for some other players. I think Bradley had a pretty solid season, uh, but I mean, these no, guys Surdy, really Surdy, have been like, X factors. No slight the to the other players. Surdy and Fake God were the two best top laners in the LCL, uh, NACL split. Like they just were. I think they were just the best. To be honest with you, I'm thinking back right now. Is there any other players that I want to I want to defend? Like and again, not a slight to any, but like there was a lot of yeah, great no, top no. players. I think, but these I two, think you're right. It, it, I yeah. think it is those two. I think these um, two were just the best. And and in like, well, you, say what you were gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, both Fake God got MVP votes like all, for a large part through the halfway point of the season. Thirty at the halfway point of the season was brought onto the team and completely revamped their look. Um, and they both have kind of different play styles. Surdy really likes to play for lane. Fake God, we've seen him play for lane at times and go for solo kills, but also can take a step back, play the tanks, be a solid team fighter for his team. Um, and I think similar to how we talk about Alorum in Tier 3, I think the conversation here is going to be how badly can Surdy dominate the laning phase uh, to make sure that Fake God is not useful for his team later on. Because if Fake God can get to the team fights, he's going to be a very useful player for his team. Uh, we saw in the matchup between Disguise and Fear how um, Philip kind of outplayed Fake God a little bit in lane, but then you know Disguise was still able to pull it together in the midst of that reverse sweep. Um, and I think that is a matchup that I have my eyes on. Yeah, I, I feel like as far as pure one-on-one, -on -one, that's probably the most like eye-popping matchup, just because, like you said, there's definitely that narrative there. I, I'm really just like i think it's actually going to be a lot more about how eg as a team is able to attack disguised and i honestly wonder if they won't actually try to play through surdy as much i i'm not sure again i also have the benefit of having just talked to surdy he didn't explicitly say that but the vibe i got is that he actually seemed to think that top lane wouldn't be like where this is decided because he thinks that fake god is going to play non-interactive against him we'll see if that happens but um I, yeah. I do think I, I agree with you though. As far as pure one on one, this is definitely going to be where all the marbles are. I, to, to talk about one more thing as well, um, when the chips are down later on in the game, everyone's eyes should be on Meech. Uh, he got a pentakill and in his King. last series and King. Yes, but if disguise is supposedly favored in the late game, um, which they have been brilliant team fighters, especially in playoffs. I mean, they beat Cincinnati Fear off of some very quality team fighting uh 
Meech in his last series played had a pentakill. I mean, like, definitely have your eyes on both these 80 carries later on in the game. But I think when the chips are down, like, 30 minutes, three items each team, look at Meech. Because Disguise is going to play yeah. for him, and EG is going to play to shut him down. And so I, and I I think, like, early game, I'm looking at mid lane and top lane. But, but Meech, it has to be that guy late, I think, for Disguise to be able to win. Yeah, and and the overarching narrative, right, is like how can these can these like two young pieces in, in Meech yeah. and, and Young really step up here? They were brought on as like developing talent yep. by Toast. That was something that he talked about in his interview. That he didn't necessarily want the best team like at the moment that he signed them. He wanted the best team kind of to develop throughout the rest of the year. Um and this is the final test for them. It's the grand finals against two players that have been on the LCS stage time and time again in Ryoma and King. I think that's a very, very cool storyline. Yeah. Quick question for you, Hawk, um, before we get into like our little prediction thing. Um, which jungler do you think was, is going to work the best for EG here? Because I'm pretty sure Armeo is starting the series. Do you think they experiment with the six-man like they did in LCS? And what, what what's the best option for this for this team? I think Armeo is the best option. Uh, EG can carry through all three of their lanes. I don't think they need Shaden. Um I think yeah. they're going to stick with Armeo. I think the team has looked better with Armeo. Armeo's been here for their entire playoff run. They should keep Armeo. Uh, maybe if things start going awry. I don't even know if they're bringing Shaden, to be honest with you. Uh, based on what Surdy said in the interview, Armeo seems like the plan. Um, he didn't really talk about that too much, though. Uh, but that was just the vibe that I got. I, 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 unless, like, they go down 0-2, I think you just stick with Armeo. He, he seem, feels to me, I know this sounds weird to say because Shaden's been playing literally the entire year, but no, Armeo yeah. feels to I, me I like agree. Evil Genius' challenger's jungler because in the, like, month that he's been playing for them, EG has looked so much better. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and just to real quick add some more stakes, sweeten the pot, I guess, and preview these finals, um, you know, we've actually talked a little bit about these players already as far as, like, X-Factors. Players like Surdy and like Meech and even Young, right now in this series tomorrow in front of a mostly sold-out crowd at Riot Games Arena are making their case to start in LCS next spring. I, like, with this series. Yeah. I Like, people, you look at the disguised post-game Reddit threads, and people are saying, when is Meech going to be in LCS? It's the sh same shit you would hear about APA earlier this year. Like, he would pop off, on, and then there would be, like, some solo queue clip, and it's like, when should when is APA going to be in, in LCS? That guy's been top of Champions queue, like, every single time, right? Like, these players, I, I really especially think Surdy and Meech, tomorrow are playing to be on LCS and not that that series will decide everything, but it's going to be a huge indicator. And so I think the reason why I say, obviously both bot laners are going to be important. King against Meech is going to be an incredible matchup as the game progresses. If Meech can carry and get another pentakill, that guy will be on an LCS team in 2024. And you can quote me on that. Oh, that's a very interesting take. And I don't if, hate it very if, much. If Meech pops off, agree. if Meech gets disguised over the hump and team fights, that guy will be an LCS. No cap. Man, that's my I mean, take. I'm, I'm a big, I was a big Meech fan from day one on from CLG this year, but I, I, I mean. Yeah. And same thing with Surdy. Anybody else if he, carrying the team to LCS? Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Same thing with Surdy as well. If he, like, slams down some pick tomorrow and blasts fake god like he might be an lcs like it, it like i'm i i think it's Man, possible so i am so excited to get to talk about um like the off season and like which players yeah. get moved oh it's up gonna be so good because dude i, I know i said options. this in the last episode but i'm i'm coping so hard like 
I have to believe that this split was like the wake-up call for North American orgs, right? Right? We're not going to import piss randoms? God, please. Maybe maybe it's a good way to transition into our next topic <laughs> here, Hawk, because we're, we're looking ahead after the NACL finals um, to, you know, just an overall state of things. And also, maybe just a little question to set things up here. Uh, this is the only event in all of 2023 uh, in developmental League of Legends in North America that is in person, that is in the Riot Games arena. There were plans to have the finals in spring in person, but uh, due to some scheduling conflicts, I think that was not able to be done. Do you think that there should be more events like this in person? Because right now, I feel like hype for the NACL is very high. Sky's Toast is going to come in. I have a feeling it's going to shatter viewership records or organic viewership records for any developmental league that we've had in years. Uh, what are your thoughts on you know, maybe expanding things, being in person a little bit more? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I have some pretty intense FOMO sitting halfway across the country knowing that Dude, that's, this, this event is happening right now. I'm so, I'm I wish so, I could be there. I'm so mad. I wish, we, I wish we could both be there. That would be so fun. Like, if only Los Angeles wasn't all the way across the country, we could be cooling <laughs> it at the NACL finals. But um, first of all, as far as disguised goes, this is so clearly, like, the way. This is the future. A disguised Toast has, I think, done more to renew interest in uh, – Tier 2 slash League of Legends in North America as a whole than I think anyone has done in, like, three years, at least. I, I like, uh, Surdy actually even shouted him out in the interview. Um, I'm just spoiling the whole interview by telling you guys these things. But, yeah. but uh, it's fine. Still watch the interview. He said a lot of other good stuff. But, um, like, Disguised has done amazing things for this league in such a short amount of time. And the fact that Disguised made finals is a good thing <laughs> i think for the league very very good <laughs> it's thing. a good thing yes. for the league um with that being said uh i think there definitely should be more tier two three events the one obvious roadblock is that like wednesdays are like the only free days in riot games arena but i feel like riot should really try to invest in creating tier two tier three like fuck it even like tier four i don't know if that's a thing but like more Live Visit league Champions and, League live from yeah, the I don't know, MSG. Like, <laughs> well, maybe not that, but uh, like sponsoring more live league events because I, I said that it's what we talked about at the top of the show. Having now been to a bunch of live league events in the last year, they have done so much for my... I mean, I love this game anyway, but like they've done so much for my interest in League of Legends. And I think for fans, like being able to go to an event and really connect with the community is going to do so much more than, like, any sort of social media campaign can do. Getting to meet people in person and enjoy the game and be with like-minded people in a physical space is just so valuable. And whether they're doing it in Los Angeles, at the Riot Games Arena, if they can find a way to just sponsor, like, small grassroots tournaments somewhere. Like, collegiate, I'm, like, collegiate lands, man. Like, there's communities there that are untapped that I, I think would inject so much more excitement. Um, and, like, you know, next year, maybe the top four for NACL can be in the studio or something. If they can swing that somehow, I think there's a lot of value to be had there, to be honest. I 100% agree with everything that you said. However, oh, don't should more Tier 2 events be held in, in Riot Arena? In the current state of the NACL, I don't think so. I think one, I think having a, a big culminating finals in the current structure of how things are set up, which 
I think we're gonna get. I'll, I'll I'll continue on. I think if you had more games, uh, like in person, it would be a lot of money that you're spending with a riot, and I feel like the viewership would kind of you know t- you know dwindle down a little bit without having this like singular area of hype being going to the finals. Kind of like how you know, going to see lol. Um, actually, if you remember back in 2020, they did actually have Academy Games in person a little bit during the LCS or dur- like, you know, before COVID shut everything down. Yeah, back and back then they had like every Academy game in person. Am I am I wrong about that? They used to like do them in the studio, I think. It was something something along those lines, Which, but that's not exactly what I want cuz I'm with you. That's a lot of resources for not a lot of reward and um, I'll let you continue your point in a sec, but that's part of, I think, the reason I'm advocating for not necessarily at Riot Games Arena, because honestly, I don't think, like, like people that want to watch League in Los Angeles will go to LCS, you know, unless yeah. it's special, like the NACL Finals with this guy's toast. Yeah, I, I think we're we're coming from this, we're coming at this question from, like, two different angles, I think. I think my my, you know, continuation here is that you know, if we can develop the tier two, tier three scene into something a little bit more exciting mm-hmm. along the lines of like an EU Masters or something like that, then I think that is the healthiest state where we can get in-person events to, to happen, get people in these, these lands, get pros in that environment where they're playing on stage because that is the best form of practice that you can get to being a professional player. Um, and I think... You know, that means that things probably will have to change a little bit year after year, split after split to get to that point. And I know we were talking yeah. a lot about change uh, from the start, but if that is the end goal, and I think it should be the end goal, um, I think that is, yeah. is kind of the the thing. Because right now, in this current state, I think there should not be more than like one finals because of some of the reasons that we listed out. So there, you know, I think Toast coming into the league is a good direction. I think is a is a big step forward. But I also think that you know seven of the ten LCS teams dropping out is a big step backwards. Yeah. And so we're gonna have to keep figuring things out, figuring out how economically things work here. But I feel like there's a pretty solid market for a developmental league, and I, I, I hope we we really can continue to go into that. And and, and I, I I agree with like everything you said because definitely in like the cur- you know. Just throwing shit at the wall doesn't make it art, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. having live events for the sake of live events, I'm so with you, is not necessarily and, the solution. Uh, go ahead, yeah. And part of the part of the magic of the NACL broadcast right now is that they are kind of low budget and they're, you know, yeah. being these, totally. these scuff, like, we're, we're all online kind of situation. And oh, so, yeah. Um, transitioning that like immediately i think would not transition super well things would have to adjust and i i think hopefully we're we're ready for that to happen right the adjustments can be made split after split i i again like 1000 percent on the same page with you i think the biggest thing for me and and again i know this is not exactly the question but the reason why i just want to see like like going to college in north carolina the only live league of legends event that i ever even heard of and as someone like ingrained in the space right ever heard of and could go to was the lcs finals in raleigh just this past spring which was awesome by the way and riot riot did some cool stuff like they gave out free tickets to local colleges for esports teams to go that was so cool and this gets into my greater point and why i think more live events with purpose are really valuable and something that they should invest in and try to figure out is when people talk about, like, League, quote-unquote, dying in North America or whatever, which I don't agree with all that narrative, but, like, whatever, um, I think a lot of times people get caught up in, like, that people aren't entertained enough. 
Which, like, look, league can be boring sometimes, but so can every sport. Like, if you ever watch the Jacksonville Jaguars play the New York Jets? <laughs> I mean, this year maybe it's kind of hype, but, like, in 2020, who the fuck cared about those two teams? Like, no one does, but they still happen. Damn. But no one says the NFL is dying because the Jaguars play the Jets, right? Like, it's just part of sports, and not every game's going to be exciting. And I think people get so caught up in, like, it's not entertaining enough. It's not entertaining. How do we be entertaining? How do we be entertaining? Which, like, yes, there's value in that. You should be entertaining, and I think... The LCS in particular has actually done a pretty good job of that recently. I, I was impressed at in summer 2022, and I'm still mostly impressed. Um, but I think Riot's biggest failing has been cultivating community. Because what people really latch on to is, is community. And um, they need to do, in my opinion, more to, cu to cultivate community. And that's why I get so passionate about things like collegiate and say a collegiate land somewhere for like collegiate teams to hey. play like local schools or, you know, uh, wait, wait, go ahead. Quick, quick shout out to Unified uh, Esports Association. Well, we've had some, you know, qualms with them. <laughs> we've had the our past. differences. They have, yes. they have run some collegiate lands. Yeah. Shout out to the Midwest Esports Conference. That is a very unique thing that they do. And I'll, honestly, that's why a lot of people really enjoy the MEC and, and hype it up. So I yeah. think kind of exactly your point right here. Right. No, it, no, that is exactly my point. This is like like a, a small-scale example. M MEC, I think, actually does a great job of they cultivate community and it makes people care. Colleges are easy because they people already have a sense of community with their universities. But if Riot was able to get more involved, because as great of a job as Unified does, and they do with, with MEC, and they deserve that credit, like, no one that's not in cares, right? But if you can put together events that a casual fan might hear about and be interested in and want, and want to attend, going to one and enjoying it is going to create a lifelong fan. Far more than, like, an entertaining LCS broadcast is going to do every Thursday and Friday. Cultivating community is always going to be the most important thing when growing and retaining an audience. And I think that's something Riot needs to invest more in. So that's the reason why I would want to see more live events somehow implemented for the below pro space in whatever form that takes. Obviously, again, just like saying, okay, every NACL game and Riot Games Arena, that's not the answer. But that's my soapbox. Yeah, definitely. I hope exactly. that made some sense. But that's that's where I'm that's where I'm at. Community generates passion yeah that's a cool discussion that we just had right yeah. there i'm i'm glad i've been can, sitting on we that one <laughs> use the, we can use the headlines portion yeah. to, to talk about all sorts of things we could criticize ride a little bit did you see the clip of the baltimore orioles guy just like reading off of a graphic dude and getting I, so i'm an orioles by fan the by the way i'm a sh i don't know what the fuck that was i mean literally like I you know I I feel like I'm usually like if, one like of the if, if, hot take if, guys if as well. I would Baltimore be fired Orioles. by the Baltimore Orioles right now. <laughs> like on CeeLo broadcast, I would have said something like like oh uh, like like Maryville hasn't won a title in three years. This is their records, and they would have fired all of us. Like <laughs> I I we did say that. We did say yeah, that. that. We would have gotten first, fired. That was one of the first things that we said. <laughs> I can, um, I'm ashamed yeah, as an Orioles fan, man. I don't know what the hell is going I literally wa This just sounds so bad. I watched the video expecting him to, like, say, like, something, something terrible, terrible. Like a no, yeah, or something. No, yeah, that's what, that's what everybody was He, saying. like, was just talking about the, t the our record against the Rays. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was really confused. <laughs> yeah. I I'm glad we have this platform to talk about things that can help improve yes. developmental league I, as a whole. I and agree. we don't have to worry about it getting hit with the band hammer just yet like some other league players that have been going around <laughs> wow we're tying we're tying all the straws together i'm sorry we're, that this, we're really this just hitting all of our bases right now 
It's a really long headlines it portion. Is, it I, is. Spoilers, but... I'm not on the interview, so this is why I'm just kind of on no, the No, we're having a good time. It, it's the finals preview. Time. This is like, I feel like our last episode to really get into everything like NA Dev as well. So I'm uh, like, we're. Hey, well, yeah. Not that there's not stuff left, but like this is the last week that we have both NACL and the qualifiers in the same week. So like we gotta we gotta take our chances. We'll grab an we'll grab an episode next week, oh, and yeah. then we'll have we'll, we'll have before. promotion tournament yeah, we'll stuff. Promotion we'll, I'm sure we'll have an off season episode somewhere. The salty we'll runback invitational. Yeah. It's totally gonna happen. You know we got yeah <laughs> we yeah. got um we can talk about this on the flip side of our part too, where <laughs> Hawk got the chance to talk to thirty of Evil Geniuses challengers. Welcome, everyone, to part two now, where I am joined by our NACL finalist top laner. That is, of course, the top laner of Evil Geniuses Challenger, Surti. Surti, first of all, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Unfortunately, Grapes wasn't able to make it to this interview, but I really appreciate you taking the time to still talk to me. And uh, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing really good. I'm feeling great about the finals that are coming up tomorrow and... Uh... Just finished our asset day and everything. Got to see the the other team, see the stage. It's going to be a really good time. Yeah, that's awesome. Of course, we are recording this the day before the finals. This episode will be releasing the day of finals as well. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, if you're watching this, then the finals are coming on later. And you should go watch them. You should watch 30 kick some ass, at least. We hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love to hear it. Um but anyway, so I, before we talk about the finals, because that's obviously the thing on a lot of people's minds, I do want to mm -hmm. rewind the clock just a little bit and ask you about some of your past, because you are, of course, one of our more storied players in the scene. You've now been mm -hmm. in the Tier 3, Tier 2 space for many years, and it's actually your second stint with the Evil Geniuses organization after spending mm -hmm. all of 2021 and 2022 with them, first on EGP and then on EGA. Uh, mm -hmm. What made you want to come back and play for Evil Geniuses, and tell us about your experience playing with them? Uh, well, after everything that happened on TLF, where I got promoted into TLC as a substitute player for Bradley, my main goal was to try and get that, like, starting spot. I was told by coaching staff on TL that it would be a merit-based system for who gets to play, but I did everything that I felt like I could. I was streaming consistently. I had an account in solo queue, which was 70% win rate, 1,500 LP, top five on the ladder. Wow. Um... I was giving Bradley positional notes after every single game, everything coming into the office, hanging out with the team, going out for team lunches, all that kind of thing. And it didn't seem like there was much likelihood of me being able to play with the success that TLC was having. So once EG reached out to me, I was like, you know what? I should really just take this opportunity to play. That's all there was to it. Yeah, that's perfectly fair. I mean, I feel like getting to play on stage is... Or you know, uh, in, in the actual season is really, really valuable uh, for your stock as a player. So that, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, and... I mean, if I was less confident in my ability as a player, I wouldn't have taken the offer from EG mm. with how they looked because it would have been better for my stocks to just ride off of whatever hype TLC was getting and be like, oh yeah, I was a part of this. But I knew that I was the best top laner in the league for my time on TLF. Because how I was performing on that team with how badly the team was doing is really irregular. Mm -hmm. So I knew that joining EGC, if I could provide stability towards this roster and allow our veterans the space that they needed to play at their best, it would just be really easy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And hearing the confidence to take that opportunity as well is definitely really good to hear. That that leads me to another question I wanted to ask you. Um, you know, you already touched on it. EG 
I mean, to be honest, looked pretty shaky before mm-hmm. you came in this year. It was a rough sp- spring split, rough first mm-hmm. half of summer. So give us your perspective on the growth of this team since you have rejoined them uh, as the piece that was the the addition. Yeah, okay. So when I originally joined EGC, there was a lot of internal conflict within the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationships weren't good and people were scapegoating other people, things like that. It's just stuff that typically happens in esports. I mean, you have a bunch of very talented young individuals who aren't necessarily used to taking accountability and things like that. In the past, I would have acted like that as well on some rosters that I was on. These days, that's not the person I am, and I actually pride myself on how easy I am to work with in a competitive setting. And if I mean, I'm sure that if you ask any of my teammates, they'll only say good things, TLF and uh, EGC this year. But yeah, when I came in, I was like, okay, um, what I need to do for this team, because there are bad habits that have been formed from uh, playing in situations where everybody feels like they have to carry or else the team's going to lose, is I need to provide a space of extreme stability so that no matter what happens inside of the game, they can always look towards the top side of the map and be like, you guys were doing well, we made X mistake, we did Y, that was wrong. We can change that for next game and then everybody can focus on themselves and feel like they are in a situation where they don't have to be the hero and they can actually improve and play the right way. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I mean, I I know actually Grapes and I, when the move was announced uh, that you were coming Mm -hmm. into EGC, we were actually skeptical of the move for the reason of Mm -hmm. like, we had this concern that like oh you know is it just going to be too much carry potential around the map Mm -hmm. or whatever so it's really great to hear that it it seems like you've taken on this mantle of just trying to be that stable consistent top laner and i think that again goes into the next question that i want to ask you which is like Mm -hmm. how would you define your personal growth over the last couple years of playing in tier two as a player i think you've already touched on it a bit but if you want to go more into that um the floor is yours how do i define my growth um Consistency, stability, and I guess the right word would just be teamwork. Mm-hmm. I, when I originally came in, was a strong player individually in the sense that if all my teammates played for me, I would carry the game. But that requires a lot out of my teammates. Like they have to be able to adopt that style and, um, it also made it so that I wouldn't have been able to fit into a lot of rosters. And this is a common thing for a lot of players coming out of solo queue. They only know how to play one way, which is very selfishly, because that's how you win in solo queue. That's why right. right now, before my matches, I'm not spamming solo queue games, because I know that I can win solo queue very consistently. But I also know that in order to win solo queue the most consistently, and like get that 70, 80% win rate to a very high challenger, I need to do things that would be wrong and competitive. And I know with the kind of player I am, those bad habits will carry into comp. So I'm still playing to keep my hands warm, but I'm not I'm not going to climb in solo queue right now because it's just going to completely destroy my mindset for the competitive match on the ninth. That's really interesting to hear, but I, again, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, as you said as well, having that that just mindset shift can be so valuable. And it's been really great to see. I know, like I said, Grapes and I weren't exactly sure what to expect. Clearly, you've exceeded <laughs> any of those expectations, and it's it's been really great. So props for... I think... Um, yeah, good. The, a lot of misconceptions about me in the scene, mm-hmm. either because of how I've acted previously in uh, solo queue or mm-hmm. inside of a team environment, specifically the EG, EGA stint uh, in 2022. That was very rough on everybody involved. 
Um, like I remember EG staff at one point said it was like the worst team environment they've ever seen, period. So that was a pretty big learning experience. Um, and honestly, I'm glad that I had that experience while I was still pretty new to the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only played three splits of Academy total, like on an Academy roster. So having that in my first two real splits of Academy was pretty valuable. For sure. Yeah, it's 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 really great to hear that. Like, I, we, We've interviewed similar players so far this year that have, have actually had similar journeys where, you know, mm-hmm. they, they came in and they were that guy, right? Everyone's that guy when they come in and then they had mm-hmm. those learning experiences and they've they've grown as players so much. And it's really great to hear yeah. similar experiences from you and that you, as you said, it happened early in your career and now you've been given a new shot and here you are in finals. Uh, and mm-hmm. to talk now about the here and now, the finals coming up, um, mm-hmm. what value do you feel that you bring to the team? You said this level of stability, which uh, definitely makes a lot of sense. And you also mentioned that uh, you feel that you can give the veterans space to play their game. Because, of course, you are the only one now that hasn't actually played in the LCS before. What What yeah. is that sort of like, and what sort of value do you feel you bring to the squad? I mean, on this team, I'm like the rookie. When I was playing with uh, Shaden, it was kind of the two of us. But now that Armel's in, and mm-hmm. Shaden's uh, playing in LCS, well, they're both including time. But now that uh, we're playing with Armel in Academy, I am like the rookie player on the roster. But the things that I bring to the team, I think, aren't adjacent of what a rookie normally brings to a roster um for the finals specifically it's just like fake odd isn't a bad laner but it's not necessarily where his strengths lie he plays in a way where he tries to nullify lane uh, he has a zero percent first blood uh like he hasn't been first blooded once in the whole, whole tournament and playoffs same as me but the reasons for that are different for both of us he plays in a way which neutralizes the enemy laner and he plays very strong early game champions such as uh, the renekton and the rumble i've been picking like Jack's a lot more, he's a lot more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because of like the ways we've found to exploit other teams. I've managed to avoid dying early as well. I think when it comes down to the finals, it's just that I have a much bigger champion pool than Fake God does. Fake God is limited to three or four champions, which he's very proficient on right now. That would be Rumble, Renekton, Aatrox, and Jax. And I guess a little bit of Cassante. But that makes it extremely telegraphed, like what he's going to play and what he's going to do when I have answers for everything. Ooh, I love it. I, obviously, you don't tell us the the secret technology, but like, do you do you have of anything spicy cooked up, like in the kitchen, or, or are you just ready with like the the usual for, I mean, for his champs? You guys might consider it spicy, but to me, it's pretty normal. But you'll see on stage. Okay, all right. I I, I I'm I'm excited to look out for it because again, definitely don't mm. want to hear any strats before of course, of they course. come out but oh okay that's really exciting i i know we've been really excited uh looking forward to the finals as far as mm-hmm. matching up against dsg as a whole how do you feel that evil geniuses challengers uh like plays into this matchup and and i don't know like any sort of any sort of banter that you want to throw out anything <laughs> like that i mean i'm gonna do like the standard esports thing of being like oh these guys have made it to finals i really respect them and like they're all doing great <laughs> of but course th- the reality of the situation is although they've made it to finals they did not look strong getting to finals Ooh. like i mean they were nearly knocked into the lower bracket by a very weak fear and they were going like extremely long games barely scraping out wins versus them and then we played versus them and we had a 13k gold lead every single game Fair Every enough. single team that we have beaten since we lost to FlyQuest, we had a minimum of a 10k gold lead. Because we are after that series, we became extremely good at playing early mid-game macro and choking out jungle camps and choking out vision. 
and DSG as a team is dysfunctional and they rely on making it to late game for the AD carry Mitch, and they're not going to be able to make it to late game into our team. Their win con is not there. Oh, I love it. Okay, that that's exactly what we want heading in. So, okay, like we got this early game, mid game versus late game struggle. I'm mm -hmm. so ready for it. Um, as far as the experience for playing in finals in general, though, if correct me if I'm wrong, but this will be, I believe, your first time playing at the Riot Games Arena in your career. So, mm -hmm. what what is it going to be like playing on stage? Like you 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 said you had media day. Tell us a little bit about what the whole experience has been like. Yeah. So a little insight into like how the stage is going to be which most people wouldn't know right now. It's a Valorant-style setup, curved desks, all of that kind of thing. It looks right. really cool. I'm super excited. Um, for the actual stage games, uh, somebody who like kind of mentored me on TL, who's Brippo, he reached out to me and he gave me some advice how to properly set up uh, like my peripherals and all of that sort of thing on stage, things to do for nerves, all of that kind of thing. I'm very lucky to have somebody like him. He, like just out of the goodness of his heart, has been reaching out to me since my time on TLF after he saw me play. Because I guess he believes in me or something. I don't know. I really appreciate <laughs> no, it. No, that's really cool. I mean, he's he's a literal world's finalist, so that's pretty cool. I mean... <laughs> yeah, when TLF was, uh, was really struggling, he came and gave me one-on-one -on -one positional work. And that's I was like, awesome. wait, you're not going to make me pay for this? I mean, okay. Like, I would take it, obviously. Yeah, that's super, super cool. Okay. Yeah, feeling ready to play on stage. Shout out to Bwipo mm -hmm. for the advice. Um, yeah, shout out to Bwipo. I think, I think the last major question I have for you then, Serdi, is um, just as far as looking ahead to the future, obviously, you know, finals tomorrow, all focus is there. But mm -hmm. I, I would assume you do still have aspirations of going pro. And although yes. you might not know exactly what the uh, what 2024 holds, mm -hmm. what are your, I guess, like hopes and aspirations for the future heading into next year and beyond? I mean... Even when I got off of TLF, I had two teams, at least, that I knew of, who like actively told me that they were looking at me for LCS, for the top lane position. Mm. Um, I'm really hoping that I do get that LCS spot going into 2024. I mean, the main thing is making it into the LCS. Like, I've played in LCS games before. Mm -hmm. I do well. I know that if I'm playing on the LCS stage, especially if I have like a decent roster around me, I'm going to do very well. And even if I'm on a losing team, I know that I'm going to do well and I know that like I'm going to stay inside of it. It's just about making it into there in the first place. So I really hope that I, I get one of those spots. I know I'm at least better than, like very clearly better than at least four of the top laners in LCS right now. Like Solo, Hansa, Someday. Dokla's laning has been abysmal, so I'm going to say Dokla too. <laughs> Hey, that's yeah. that's that's world's uh, representative Dokla right there. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that that's awesome. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying that if you yeah, put us course. up against each other a hundred games in a row, I'm going to come out on top at least sixty of the the games. Right. No, that 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 makes sense. I'm I'm just giving you a hard time. No, that's 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 awesome. I mean, I I've been one of the people that's been like really hoping that you know like Insanity APA these players have kind of yes. hopefully showed that GMs that. There's actually a lot of fucking talent in Challengers League, and I think is, you're yes. another example of that. Um, and especially with Disguised coming in, uh, Disguised Toast, like, sponsoring this team, mm -hmm. I think a lot of eyes are actually going to be on this finals. So hopefully, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for, I mean, both teams to succeed, but I, I really hope that you're able to get that recognition that I think a lot of people would say that you deserve. But... Um, before we move on to our little game that I have planned, sorry, mm -hmm. do you have anything else that you just want to add? Anyone you want to shout out uh, before 
the matches tomorrow. I mean, shout out to Brippo. Shout out to my friends on Team Fish Taco who reviewed games on EGC with me after they got knocked out to help me learn uh, jungle support macro after our fly series. Just shout out to everybody behind the scenes who has put in work to help me get to where I am and become the player that I am today. Yeah, you'd love to hear it. Well, thank you so much for uh, sitting down to answer those questions for me. Before I let you go, though, I I've got a little bit of a game plan for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to transition our scene here. Um, so I've taken the liberty of compiling each champion that you've played against so far this split. In total, there mm -hmm. are, I believe, uh, 13 different champions that you've played mm -hmm. against. Some of them? little bits more spicy than others uh mm -hmm. i figured it'd be fun if we went through and we tier listed each one based on how much you like to play against them slash like how interesting they are to play against because mm -hmm. let's be honest like some of them resident sleeper some of them pretty pog and, and maybe yeah. like we can use this to get excited for certain matchups mm -hmm. and finals what do you say sure yeah All sounds right. good awesome so uh we got we got a list here the tiers are gonna be pog champ exciting decent met and resident sleeper uh mm -hmm. we can just go down the line so i first three maybe gragas cassante and gwen uh where are you feeling about any of these three champs where are we um, putting them gragas is pretty meh maybe resident sleeper actually Ooh. probably resident sleeper for gragas okay gwen is exciting to play versus. okay and then what was the third? Cassante, I believe. Yeah, Cassante. Cassante is Pog to us. Really? Champion's really fun to us, yeah. That's so interesting. Just because I feel like everyone, like, you know, rages with the, like, oh, you know, the copy pasta showmaker thing. But what makes Cassante so fun to play against? I'm actually really curious. Because how Cassante works is all the champions that are typically played into him, they have an ability that they can't use before he enters all out. And if they do, Cassante will win. Jax is his E. Renekton is his W. They have these things, and it's a, like a mind game. It's a holding game. If you see them use it, then it's really good. Um, and you have to really be on your toes into the Cassante. You have to do things like instead of using your Pryo to hit the tower in front of his face or poke him under his turret as Renekton, for example, you want to go and use your Pryo to get deep vision in the enemy jungle and mess with them that way, extend your lead in different ways because the most dangerous part of the lane for you in playing into Cassante is right in front of his turret. Right. So you have to put a lot of mental energy into orchestrating situations inside of your lane where if you are crashing on him, you get something out of it, and otherwise you put the lane in a position where Cassante isn't favored. That's, this is why this guy's an NACL finalist top laner. That all sounded incredibly smart to me. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it does make a lot of sense. That's actually really cool. And and what, yeah. Gwen, Gwen's just like like carry, skill check, hands check kind of check? Yeah, I mean, when somebody if somebody blind picks Gwen, you're picking a carry into it and you're fighting to the death. Like, Hell yeah. I love You're gonna it. have a good time. I, I feel like we might see some other fight to the death lanes. Uh, next, next few on the docket, and obviously we can go in any order we want. But uh, I got, so, I got Poppy, Malphite, Renekton. Any thoughts on these kind of champs? Malphite is sleeper. Malphite sleeper. That's not surprising. Yeah, Poppy is decent. Decent. Poppy's okay. decent. She can be really abusive in some matchups, but it is also very fun to play versus her because there are. A lot of levels on certain matchups where you can abuse the poppy and the poppy can abuse you like jack's lane into poppy is actually really fun because she should cancel her passive auto uh she goes for it level one on you to try and bait your e while she's mid animation of it and if you're a bad jacks you end up wasting it and then get hit by it you lose prior and then you have like a big window to punish her all the way up to around level seven level eight and then it becomes like borderline unplayable for you until sundra so it's like there's a lot of skill involved. And if the poppy player doesn't understand the matchup very well, they can get punished really, really hard by the carry side a lot of the time. Interesting. 
I I feel like Poppy. It's probably like another mind game, like you said. The the use of mm-hmm. you know in the Jacks matchup, say the Counter Strike, but also use of her W. Like, is she going to use it? Is she not going to use it? That probably creates I mean, a lot uh, of windows. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things like a Poppy player. It's very difficult for them to react to a Jacks Q if they don't have their finger on the key a lot mm. of the time. So you walk up to a minion, you act as if you're autoing halfway through the auto animation, you cancel it and jump on them. Huh. Stuff like that. Very cool. It's fun. I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, And then let's see. We got uh, just to rattle off some more. Renekton, Kennen, Rumble. Kennen is very sleeper diverse. Okay. Watch. I hate Just like range range top laners, like go play mid lane. Like he's extremely safe. It's very, 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 very hard to punish him, regardless of what matchup you are in. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can't punish him even if you're the better player normally. Um, Renekton is decent to verse. Okay. There are some very intricate trade patterns, specifically in matchups like Cassante and Jax into the Renekton, where both sides can win. Renekton's normally favored for the lane phase, but he gets outscaled very fast if he can't push his lead. Um, and then, what was the last one? Uh, I think it was Rumble, yeah. Rumble was Sleeper. Rumble Sleeper? Hey, Ooh, okay. Yes, if the Rumble player is really good, there's nothing that you can do. This is champion is the best top laner in the game right now. Fair enough. Okay, that, that's valid. Losing, it doesn't have a single losing matchup out of the meta top laners. You have to pick weird shit like exhaust driven and stuff if you actually want to beat it in lane or rise. Things like that. <laughs> At that point, you're just putting a team at the draft disadvantage. So it's like, Lamau. Right. Okay, you interesting. You take into it and just lose until a certain point and then you just win. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the next one's Jack ga- Jack's game- Gangplank. Oh, words. And Orn. Jack's Gangplank Orn. Gangplank is pog diverse. Okay. Orn is exciting diverse. Orn is exciting. Yeah, very skill shot based high damage tank with mobility, okay. high wave clear, and a unique building mechanic. It makes Slane very interesting. And then the last one was Jax, right? Yes. I'd say Jax is more stressful than exciting diverse, but probably exciting. It's just like, you know, you're on a ticking time bomb versus guy. Like, if you pick Renekton into him, you're just thinking, oh, shit, I got to get my team these first two heralds before he has Sundra or else right. I'm going to be useless. <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we got two more champions for this. Mm-hmm. We got Olaf and Nar. Where, where are we feeling? Where are they going to end up? Olaf is really exciting to verse, probably Pogchamp. That's not surprising, yeah. Yeah, um, it's just a lot of fun playing versus champion because if you're really good at your top jungle or like against the Olaf, you should be able to punish this guy pre six. And if you can't, well, then he's just better than you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, nah, it depends on the matchup. Nah can be extremely resident sleeper diverse if you're playing something like that's a good example. Um, something that's like has trouble interacting with him, like Garen or something like that. Okay. But in matchups like Renekton, I'd say it's pretty it's pretty exciting playing into the Nar up until a certain point. Okay. I think maybe, I'd probably put Nar we... on the exciting. Whoa, sorry, what was that? Go ahead. I'd probably put Nar on exciting. Okay. I think it's fun. Cool. It's a lot of skill expression in those matchups. I like it. Okay. So so what you're telling me is we need to see Cassante Gangplank Olaf matchups in finals, and we don't want to see Graugus Malphite Cannon Rumble matchups. That's that's the, what I'm picking up here from this. I mean, Fake God's not picking Gangplank or Olaf, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's probably gonna be picking like Rumble or whatever the heck else. Oh man. That's I mean, I can't say I'm surprised, but like God. I'm sorry, he does he does He's a great player, definitely the second best top laner in NACL, but he does not want to interact with me in lane if he can avoid it. That's that's fair. I I 
I guess I'm willing to accept that. Okay, but but if it happens though, like I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pogging in the chat. I'll be ready for yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, Serdi, I, I love getting that little insight. Thank you so much for the actually very good insight into the matchups. And yeah, of course. even though you said Fake God's probably not going to play Gangplank or Olaf, I'm still going to be holding out hope that we get some of these PogChamp matchups. Maybe we at least oh, get no a why. I'm holding out hope, too. I'm sitting on my like, hands and knees begging him to pick these <laughs> champions. Okay. Well, that's perfect. Come on. Fake God, if you're watching this episode... Do one game for content. Come on. Yes. Like, like let's, yes, let's get that interaction lane. Make I'm ready fun. for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, me and Serdi both desperately wanted. All the viewers do too. Well, Serdi, that's all I had planned for this. Uh, one more time. Anything else that you want to say? Anything else that you want to add before finals tomorrow? The floor is yours. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm not on his work, but I, I also don't know if you will ever see this, though. Big thank you to Disguise Toast for everything he's doing for the Tattoo scene. The, I don't know if you know, but the finals for NACL are pretty much sold out uh, from Disguise fans, which means I'm going to be like number one public enemy on the day, <laughs> but it's fine. Like, I'm just happy to see it's gonna it. Be, it's going to be a, 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 an away game for EGC, I guess. Yeah, you know? for sure. <laughs> Together. I, I like being in the underdog. I'm used to it. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I actually do love that shout out because mm-hmm. Disguise actually re, uh, reacted to a, a, clip that, a clip that Grapes and I had interviewing your opponent, mid laner Young. But um, okay. yeah, but big shout out to Disguise because for real, yeah, I like how you say that. Big Disguised. Um, a lot of good stuff happening. Well, mm-hmm. Serdi, thank you so much again for taking the time to talk. I really appreciate all the insight that you were able to give. And I mean, best of luck in the finals tomorrow. I know me as a as a neutral observer, I'm really hoping for a three two, but I am hoping that you can maybe uh, give us some fireworks, make it very exciting, and I'm excited yeah, to see what you do next. Thank you, I appreciate that. Hopefully, I'm in LCS next year. I mean, if I don't get into LCS after taking EGC from ninth, one game off tenth place, to winning NACL, I don't really know what you have to do. Very true. Well, fingers crossed for that, Sardi. Thank you again one more time, and thank you to everyone for watching this episode. We'll send it over to the outro, but see you there. Thank you very much to Serdi for sitting down with us the day before uh, the NACL finals actually take place. Very funny story, very quickly. Um, We were going to record this like a couple days ago, but Hawk's power went out. Uh, and so, unfortunately, scheduling things Dude. ended up happening. Serdi was very, very flexible, and we thank yes. you for that. Yeah, shout out to Serdi for, for being so cool um, about it. Yeah, we were supposed to record last night at the time of recording um, this. At the time of recording this, we were supposed to w- record last night, Monday night, late late Monday night. But, yeah, East Coast, Northern Virginia got ganked by power outages, thunderstorms. Um, dude, it was wild. I was at work. I work at a restaurant. The power goes out. I sat and got paid to be on my phone i get paid hourly i don't get paid by tips <laughs> to be on my phone for two hours before they finally close the restaurant i came home and i texted grapes i was like hey man so i got good news and bad news <laughs> good news is i got out of work really early tonight so we can record earlier the bad news is i don't have power so we not, might not be able to record at all it was the latter my power came back at like one in the morning but it was kind of doomed by then so yeah and we got we got some good stuff out of that uh, hopefully some of those those matchup interactions actually become uh factor dude finals today i was floored at like my man at the drop of the hat just gave us like challenger level intel on like these matchups that was super cool like shout out Serdi for that yeah i'm i'm excited for it maybe we'll see some of that i i'm hoping at least we'll be able to see a cassante matchup uh because he put that in the <laughs> pog champ tier so 
Really quick, what's what's the first champion that Surge is going to be playing in the final? First champion he locks in. I'm going to go Jax. Ooh. Uh, Jack, I'll go Jax too. That sounds logical. It's very sturdy. That's pick, very right? sturdy. Yeah, especially because um, sturdy was like in the interview. What you know, he rattled off the champions that Fake God's gonna play, and I feel like Jax does well at all of them. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I I feel like it's been a, it's been a pretty long season, all things considered. We you know have been going at it every week, and it's been going throughout the whole summer and you know sometimes it, it's hard to you know sit down and like okay i'm gonna watch like 15 games of league of legends and really like track down everything that's going on i'm very very excited to watch the finals yeah. tomorrow maybe it's you know seeing toast you know going to going to show up in person in the studio maybe it's all the all the casters getting flown out it's all beat down like hanging out with desrex on twitter today yeah. uh that that oh, made me feel really I nice i miss them um, man i wish we could be I, there I'm something so about sad. this the vibes yeah. around developmental right now are just so good what a turnaround that it's been from just a couple of months ago we had the thumbnail we had like all the serious faces we went on like a rant for like 30 minutes straight you know there there are some good things that we could take yeah. take away from from this split i mean sure. Dude, like, just the series between Disguise and Fear had, like, 12,000 peak viewers. Like, this finals legitimately could hit, like, 20K. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm coping. But, like, I it, it might be it might be pretty good. So, I, I feel like the vibes are immaculate right now. We should tell the people what time they can catch the finals. Right. And I'm the people because I don't know what time they are. 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. There we go. Wednesday, August 9th. This is coming out on Wednesday, August 9th. So if you are watching this right now, you got a couple hours at max before the finals begin. Perhaps the finals have already begun, in which case you got to get off this podcast and start watching the gameplay. Yeah. Or maybe you're watching it while listening to us. That's like another another valid strategy, I guess. Uh, that, I don't know. That's a weird strategy. I, I don't know. I mean, like, if it means you're listening to us, I'm fine with it. But, like... If you're listening to the podcast while the games are happening, just listen to the cast. Like, it's going to be good. I mean, <laughs> right. all the talent's going to be out there. It's going to be a good yeah. time. Make sure to tune into that. And in a couple of weeks, you can see us at the LCS finals once again. Yeah. Make sure to, to swing by and say hello. We'll be happy to talk to anybody. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, we'll give you $50. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we Hawk, will where can not we find do you? that. <laughs> I'm already going to go broke. Like, I don't even pay for <laughs> lodging, and this is going to bankrupt me. Anyway, th we, this has been a fun episode. We had a good time. Uh, shout out again to Surdy for hopping on the call. I've never been so depressed for the fact that I'm working on a Wednesday night, but I'm hoping I get cut early enough to watch the games. Um, but with all that being said, uh, you definitely should be watching the games. Go after this episode concludes, after I finish these words, go eat some food, take a shower, and put on your best suit because this is going to be uh, an event for the ages. The, Minion, the Minions movie part two. This is the Minions movie, yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to make that a meme. We're going to post it tomorrow. We, yes. Let's go. <laughs> Do it. That's going to be – you'll get so many – you'll farm Twitter interactions for that. Like, oh, we should, like, film – okay, sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> um – <laughs> With all that being said, uh, take anything we said in this episode with a grain of salt. Watch the finals. It's going to be amazing. Watch uh, the NACLQ quarter, uh, semifinals and finals this weekend as well on the Rally Cry channels. Or they'll probably be on the uh, Challengers League channels, actually, because there will be no Challengers League. So, anyway, watch those. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but thank you all so much for tuning in this episode. I think it was a good one. Uh, I've been Hawk. That's been Grapes. Also, follow us on our social media and have a good night.